Welcome back. That's right. It's another week and another episode of the Toon Junkies podcast. Welcome. My name is Chris, and I am, uh, you can't see this, but I am joined here today with Kitty. By Kitty? By Kitty. With Kitty? I don't fucking know. But, yeah, he's sitting on my lap right now. Um, I'm sure you would love to see it, but I'm not gonna let you, because I don't know. But anyways, um, I just, first of all, let me say, we are coming to you live <laughs> during a blizzard. Um, not necessarily during, kinda, yeah, kinda, kinda, essentially. Um, uh, shout out to, uh, most of my Midwesterners, um, I hope that you have... I hope you got through it, because by the time you're listening to it, I think it will have passed. Um, I think right now they're saying that uh, it's supposed to end this evening, and this evening being Thursday. Um, but yeah, Midwesterners, I hope you got out relatively unscathed. I know there were... Ow, kitty, don't bite you, what the fuck? Um, I know there were other uh, places, I think I saw an article about Texas getting a shit ton of ice. So, to any and all who are affected by the blizzard of 2022... Um, I hope you did all, I hope you survived. Um, <laughs> yesterday I spent a whole bunch of time, uh, shoveling out the, uh, little driveway. Um, it's kind of, essentially a parking lot out in front of my apartment complex, but, uh, um, after I was done, I was like, man, I feel kind of stupid because I just spent all this time cleaning up, not cleaning up, <laughs> it's snow, uh, shuffling, removing the snow from this parking lot. And it's not even done snowing. Like, it, I'm just going to wake up in the morning. It's going to be right back to where it was. But I guess it cut my work in half for the next time. So we call that a preemptive strike, Kitty. Are you going to leave? And yeah, he left. Um, so yeah. Yay, blizzards. I uh, <laughs> In today's episode, you're going to hear me make a... <laughs> so sometimes... As I've mentioned before, even though I've been doing this a while, I still kind of get like tongue-tied and nervous when I talk to strangers uh, in these bands, and sometimes uh, the wrong words come out of my mouth, <laughs> right? So in the episode, you'll hear uh, something, it's funny, but <laughs> it's not It's not a way you say things, right? Um, it makes sense, but it's the wrong way to say something. Um it has to do with a college, and I'll give you that just so you know what part I'm talking about. But, like, it's interesting to me because <laughs> this week I made a, a stupid meme about how there, the difference between saying something dumb with your friends versus recording a dumb thing you said and putting it out to the world. <laughs> and uh, I think it's funny that those two... I, maybe I subconsciously remembered this moment like I didn't remember it until I finished like editing I was like oh my god that's right <laughs> I did say that stupid thing but I I think it's one of the sacrifices <laughs> in podcast I mean granted you could always cut that part out but for me um I think it's it's one of those sacrifices that you make you're like hey you know that was a dumb thing I said but it did make people laugh and so I'm gonna keep it in just because I would I would want someone like yeah it's I think that's part of it you know you gotta be able to laugh at yourself when these instances come up as long as it's not you know too humiliating it was I made a joke about it as soon as it left my mouth I was like that's not how you say things but um 
I think it's funny uh, the risks that you take to make people laugh, right? I remember it was a couple weeks ago um, when I went to Chicago and got COVID, right? I was, I went to the bathroom and I walked in and there were a couple people there. There was like a guy in the stall. There was a couple people at the urinals, but there was one urinal. I mean, there were several open, but the urinal that I always go to, if it's open, is the little short one. Uh, ladies, I'm, I'm sure you don't know what I'm talking about, but guys, the conversation, this part is just for you. The, the short urinal, you know, the one that sits real low, it might be for children. I don't know. I just know that there's always been one that's lower than all the rest. Well, I like using that one because it's one of the rare moments where I get to feel tall, right? And so I go into the bathroom. There's these people inside the bathroom and it's dead quiet. And that shit makes me uncomfortable. Like, I know, we all know that there's people there and like, I want to fill it. You know, it, we were just out in a lively thing. Why not bring the liveliness back into into the restroom, you know? Um, so I made the comment. I said, you know, I don't understand why nobody ever wants to use the baby urinal is what I called it. And it was like, I don't know what the, what's wrong with it. You would think that more people would want to feel tall because that's like an ego boost, right? It makes you feel like bigger than you are. I don't know why more people wouldn't want to do that. I personally favor it because it is one of the few times where I get to feel tall. And I thought that that was like a funny little, you know, qu- uh, quip, but nobody laughed. Nobody. Nobody even made a comment or like a, like a little, uh, uh, what do they call those? A scoff? Nothing. They all just left me hanging and it made me feel (laughs) really shitty. Um, to the point to where the next time I went to the bathroom, I did the same joke, same bit. Cause I needed to know if what I said was just not funny or if I just had a bad crowd. And it turns out it was just a bad crowd. I got, I, incidentally asked all the introverts at the same time because the second time around they were like no that makes sense and like once I got some feedback also I think I was a little more um (laughs) intoxicated at this point so I was a little more uh I don't want to say obnoxious but I was definitely feeling the daddy pops a little more right and uh I got some feedback and I was like, man, you guys are a lot cooler than the last bunch of people I asked this. I was in here uh, during the after the last set and nobody said a fucking word to me and everybody laughed and they were I was like, I I thought maybe I just that thing observation wasn't funny and they're like, No, I think you just got a bunch of bunch of like nerds or something. I was like, I don't know what it was, but I just to even it it bothered me. That, like, even if you didn't agree, nobody had anything to say. Like, you couldn't even, like, uh, (laughs) that's not funny, or something. Like, anything. Just be like, yeah. Even if you weren't amused, just something to make the person, like, just to give them a little something. I don't know. I guess there's always that, that risk that you take when you run into, like, strangers that if they say something to you, there's always the risk that this, if you engage them, the engagement is never going to stop, that now they're going to, like, (laughs) imprint on you and they're going to follow you around for the rest of the show. I get that because that has happened to me, you know, where I'm not saying these people are weird or off or strange, but 
when you do engage them, they do kind of like latch onto you lamprey style, right? Chris, what's a lamprey? Google it right now. Google it right now and let me ruin your day, okay? They're terrifying, but they're like little leech thingies that live in the ocean. Um, but yeah, it just, it bothered me that, uh, that scenario happened. Um, but also one thing that I was, uh, while I was there, one thing I notice, um, when I go to shows or concerts or festivals or any musical gathering, I'm always, I would like to take a second to commend the people who have the situational awareness to duck when they see someone holding a camera like even if it's like whether or not you know it's a photo or a camera if you see it and you know that if you are gonna walk in front of it you duck under it shout out to you high five back pat uh hug whoever you are if you are one of those people that does that bravo to you because that takes a special type of brain and i also think it's like just a a level of respect, like, oh, they're recording because they want to see this, or they're showing somebody else, I don't want to block their view, good for you, I respect you, I would like to say that I am that person, and to a degree, I am, but I also, <laughs> I never really have to worry about ducking, because uh, most of the people are taller than me, so I can just walk right under it, um, but yeah, um, speaking of Chicago, I uh, one of the things... I hate about driving to Chicago. Um, it's not <laughs> the crazy drivers or the wild traffic. Like that's fine with me. I don't. I like driving. To me, the thing that bothers me the most is that I have to pay attention to the road instead of the like structures and the architecture and the buildings. I really like looking at these. What they are essentially are just giant hives, right? And I don't mean the skin thing hives. I mean like structures where humans congregate to do work or something right humans congregate here it's like I, I i guess that's kind of a weird analogy to be to compare humans to bugs but also i don't think it's that far off because i'm pretty sure that's where the phrase like busy bee comes from right so maybe i'm right on but yeah i, I like watching looking at the structures there was one building that I was, it was a fucking furniture store, but it had like several stories, and a lot of it was made out of glass, and I was like, whoa, look at all those couches that I can see from the highway, probably not highway, bypass, what the fuck are they called, doesn't even matter, <laughs> road with lots of people, that's what I'll refer to it as, but yeah, I really, really love Chicago, um, in more recent news, um, I think today, uh, Michigan Metal Fest announced their lineup, and isn't that fun? I'm f super excited, super stoked, super amped to finally get a redo at the at my Michigan Metal Fest appearance, right? Um, the last time we went, we had a fucking blast, um, but uh, technical difficulties made it to where I, did, I couldn't have anything that I had recorded or, uh, videotaped, uh, something happened and I couldn't promote any of it. Like I couldn't use it. So I will be excited to, uh, attempt a take two, as I like to say on the show, take two. Um, let me see if I can pull up the lineup as of late. Um, there's still one headliner that's to be announced, right? But 
as of right now. The lineup includes Green Jelly, Raven Black, I Set My Friends on Fire. And I, the, <laughs> I think there's a, the pause in there threw it off. Uh, the band is called I Set My Friends on Fire, and I am fucking so stoked. I am going to try my damnedest to try and get to talk to them. I don't know if it's going to get done, but I think I can try, and I think I can, I think I can pull something off. Um, the Convalescents, who we saw the last time we were there, they were great. Um, filth, Beyond Threshold, Heartsick. Local heartthrobs, heartsick. They're not really local. They're up in Michigan. But they are so great. Um, Hunt the Dinosaur, Mantra of Morta. Great. I t- we talked to them last time. The Coursing, Redefined, Gator Pit, Foire, Casket Robbery, Let It Rot, Blackwater Drowning, Throne, Ritualist, Coffin Talk, Influence, Misery Lane, Ghosts in Motion, Distant Descend, Last Sleep, Final Confession, Shadow People, Tyrant, I decide. Oh God, I'm gonna probably mispronounce this one. And the next one, I'm. I apologize, bands. Uh, Son of Sila, and then B Han. I probably butchered that. Body suspension by House of Razorblades. That is not a band. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think that has to do with uh, Mantra of Morta, which is uh, a band we talked to last time, as I literally just mentioned. But the vocalist will do the body suspension stuff. Um, and I asked her, I was like, uh, is that a thing you do at all your shows? And she was like, not all of them, but if the venue can sustain something like that, then absolutely we will do it every show. So that sounds awesome. Uh, that Tickets are on sale, I believe, for Saturday, August 13th at the Leela Arbitorium, Battle Creek, Michigan. Hopefully, this year, we don't run into a man who is keeping a dead bird in their pocket. That is a real story. I can't remember what episode we talked about that on, but in an earlier a couple, oh shit, 2019, where it was an episode where we talked about that, it was the gnarliest shit that... <laughs> We were just talking to these people, and this man sat down. I think they knew the bird pocket man, right? Um, But he was just like, yeah, I found this. And out of his fucking cargo pants, he pulled out a dead bird. I don't know what was going on, but that really happened. So who knows? Maybe that guy will make a, a, a... another appearance or if we're really lucky maybe something will top that performance maybe somebody will be like hey check this out i brought this i'm not i don't even have an example on hand because i don't want to think about how much weirder it could get but even though it was weird in the moment makes for a great story and speaking of great stories man i'm getting pretty good at these segues speaking of great segues our band Hour. The band on the show this week is perennial, and boy, did we have a great story prepared for you. And I guess I should make a small correction by story, I mean episode. I think it's a audio story, right? Well, we'll listen. Give it to me. Let me have this, okay? Um, <laughs> but yes, um, it was uh, Chad and Chelsea of the band Perennial. Um, uh, from Massachusetts, we had a great little talk about their new sophomore album, The Midnight Hour, which is now available. It hadn't been released uh, per the recording of the interview, but now it is completely available. Uh, 
go over and support them on Bandcamp. Unfortunately, this didn't come out in time for you to hit up the Bandcamp Friday. Maybe you already knew, and maybe you were already in the know about Perennial. So good for you for being uh, ahead of the class. Um, but yes, the we had a lot of fun in this interview, and I brought back the games. That's right, the games that we invented many, many years ago, um, including a new one that hadn't been a choice uh, at the time when we were trying to play the games all the time, but now I've brought it back, and uh, hopefully it's a thing that I will remember to do. Um, I just got to put in my liner notes, and I will remember. So feel free to play along or tell me how much you enjoy the games, because... I think they're fun, and I think they are fun enough that you could play them at other places to kill time, possibly on a road trip, so you're welcome. Um, But yeah, uh, without further ado, and without more ranting and rambling, please enjoy Chelsea and Chad of the band Perennial. So, who am I speaking to today, real quick, before I do the opening of the show? I'm Chelsea. Chelsea, nice to meet you. You too. And I'm Chad. Chelsea, oh, whoa, you know what's crazy? (laughs) C-H-C-H-C-H. My name is Chris. Yep. We're about about to call this the Chun Chunkies Chodcast. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for laughing at that stupid joke. Thank you for laughing. (laughs) And I'm glad it was recorded because now we're going to start the show. Welcome to the Toon Junkies podcast. My name is Chris, and today I am joined by two other chuz, Chelsea and Chad of the band Perennial. Hey, Hey. thank you for having us. (laughs) So, the first question we like to ask here on the Toon Junkies podcast is, did you know that three quarts a day keeps the stones away? And it's true. Wow. Yes. Three quarts of water. Three quarts of water a day keeps the stones away, and I can confirm that because I, for one, stay hydrated, and I have never once run into the stones. I have only ever seen Keith Richards and Mick Jagger on a TV screen. (laughs) So stay hydrated, and you'll keep those (laughs) demons away from you. (laughs) Perfect, uh, perfect solution. I don't know how they have lived for as long as they have, right? Like, wasn't Keith, like, putting heroin in his butt? (laughs) <laughs> like the 70s yeah some Amazing. people are just built different <laughs> it's true so that's actually not the first question we ask here on the Toon Junkies podcast the first question we actually ask is what was your first experience with live music mm. uh, great question I don't know what can was it like first? a festival or I get a lot of people saying like uh, church bands, um, concert, a local show? Right. I mean, I went to I used to see bands when I was in high school. So mm-hmm. I would say just like local shows in Western Mass were probably mm-hmm. my first experience with live music besides when I was in fourth grade in band. Okay, playing live. Yeah, that's a new th- Have you, Do you remember any of the local bands that you saw when you were a youngin'? Uh, not really. You know, not by name. So 
so much. Damn, but... they didn't make an impression, huh? I mean, it was it was fun, it, you know, friends bands and things like that. But <laughs> friends bands, that's all I yeah. need to hear. What about you? What was your first live? Um, growing up, you know, my family would go to uh, to the beach for a week every summer, and and they had sort of a a bandstand right by the water on sort of the other side of the boardwalk. And there would always be, um, you know, bands that would play. This was usually sort of close to the 4th of July or whatever. And so they were, they were basically just bands that probably, probably existed largely to play those kinds of shows. They were, you know, played a lot of covers, a lot of classic rock and Motown and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those types of bands, but, but sort of pretty amazing at doing that. And, and, entertaining a crowd for two hours at a time which mm-hmm. uh i think it's a long gig yeah it is it is and mm-hmm. i think it's an it's an underrated skill and so th- those are the first bands i can remember seeing um was that sort of uh you know the sort of crowd pleasers i remember one time there's a there's a bar down the street for me where i was walking past i was going somewhere and somebody had opened the door and I heard somebody playing Purple Rain and I was like, I'm gonna stop what I'm doing. I'm gonna go in here and see if this person can actually play the song. And they fucking did. They killed it. And I was like, All right, now now I can leave. No. It's not gonna I'm not they're not gonna top Prince. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The the band I, I I have this probably one of my earliest memories, this band, um, they would play the monster mash and they would have this whole routine where they had this, as I recall it, and this was, this is decades ago, mm-hmm. they had this huge sort of uh, trunk that they would open on stage and they would all be behind it. So you couldn't really see them until one at a time they came out from behind the trunk. And they were each wearing a different like universal monster mask. Mm-hmm. So somebody yeah. had Frankenstein's monster. Somebody was the wolf man. Somebody was the creature or the nice. mummy. Right. And, and just uh, the, that sort of level of, of sort of that the playful kind of drama that they put into this mm-hmm. this sort of silly retro novelty song. Um, I remember I remember that super distinctly. I wonder if Spencer Charnas of Ice Nine Kills was in the crowd too, and that's why they, they wrote uh, the Hollywood. No, was it the Silver Scream? That's what it is. For the last couple of years, their gimmick has been like they dress as Freddy Krueger or uh, who's the kid that dies in it. Um, Georgie, Georgie, uh, Jason. So fun stuff. That's another ch name there too. Um, so do you guys remember what your first like um big name concert you ever went to was? Uh, the first one that I was very excited about would have to be um I saw Foo Fighters and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Fuck yeah, dude! That's awesome. <laughs> Together, that's sweet. Yeah, it was re- very strange pairing. Um, mm-hmm. and I went with like my mom and my aunt and my cousins, mm-hmm. and like it was just a whole crowd of people. Uh, and yeah, but it was fun. It was pretty fun. I mean, we probably really needed binoculars, but. You You don't need to see the band. You just got to be able to hear them. Exactly. I have seen both of those bands, and they both rip. I I was so happy seeing uh, Foo Fighters, and I almost cried during Red Hot Chili Peppers because Red Hot Chili Peppers is like a support band for me. Growing up, they were a big name for me. Mm -hmm. So great. (laughs) Yeah, see, for me, it was uh, Paul McCartney was was sort of the, the... (laughs) <laughs> highlight of uh of that 
listeners at That's home, sort of, you need yeah. to see Chris's face. Yeah. <laughs> you saw Paul McCartney, dude? I did. Yeah, it was, it was magical. Yeah. It was, yeah. We're going to go. He, way to flex on it's like, oh, yeah, you've seen Foo Fighters and Chili Peppers? <laughs> I saw the fucking Beatles, guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. Seriously, much much cooler answer. But is that um, what kind of songs does Paul McCartney does he play Beatles songs or is it just like Wings and solo stuff that he does? I'd say it was at least fifty percent Beatles. Yeah. I remember, I remember he opened with "Hello Goodbye," which is clever, right? Because mm-hmm. there's "Hello" right in the name. It's opening the show. <laughs> um, what if that was the only song he played? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I actually, I really like Paul McCartney's solo stuff, so mm-hmm. I would have been fine with that. But I was, I was hoping for for lots of Beatles and right, and and Paul obliged. It was, it was definitely a Beatles heavy <laughs> set. That's good. I'm glad he knew what you wanted and he yeah, gave you what yeah. you wanted. So Paul's and nice I was the only one in, in the in the <laughs> arena in the stadium <laughs> that that felt that way. I'm sure. Let's take it back all the way to the beginning. When and where does Perennial come together? Uh, Perennial formed in, uh, let's say, mid-2015. Where, sort of, where we are now, you know, uh, New England. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, I think that answers those two questions. (laughs) Yeah, when and where. When and where. There and there. Um, one thing uh, that I was curious about: what, um, where does the band name come from? Like, and what does it mean? Why did you decide? I don't want this to sound bad, but why did you decide on perennial? Mm. I think what we liked about it was that it didn't necessarily tell you what the band was going to sound like. Mm-hmm. Um. Or that that's a band could be called perennial and they could make any kind of music and and it would still make sense with that name. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a it's a it's a cool word. It's 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 an evocative word that, that can sort of mean a couple different things. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think I just think we liked we liked the sort of flexibility of the name. Yeah. I can absolutely attest to the verse, the flexibility of the name because when I read Perennial, just before, I assumed it was going to be Pop because I thought of Flowers. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's a pretty name. And boy, was I surprised. And I loved it. That's why we're here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> there's, there's definitely something fun about that idea that, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, it can, it can evoke sort of uh, flowers in springtime, but we can make this yeah. really noisy atonal music and mm-hmm. and there's you know uh, surprise is a fun element to have in music yes um so what i'm curious about is what was it that inspired you to pick up your respective instruments which is something i should have asked at the top of the show what is it that you play <laughs> um i play the organ and yeah. what organ <laughs> Just play... kidding. that was a bad joke yeah <laughs> i play uh yamaha um uh, what is it I forget what the actual... You could make up any words right you know, now and I would believe I, you. The name of my organ that I play in Perennial is Bort, like from <laughs> the um, the Simpsons joke. 
Bort. Uh, my son is also named Bort. That, that <laughs> nice. line. Um, and so instead of keyboard, keyboard kind of. Keyboard. Um, yeah. yeah, I forget exactly what type of Yamaha it is. So I guess we're never going to get sponsored. Now, see, what's cool is you can just like tell me afterwards, like in a message. And in post, I'll just put a really robotic Yamaha SG42 and it'll be really out of place and it'll be really funny. (laughs) You should definitely do that. And no one will know about it either. Yeah, they'll just be like, oh yeah, that was definitely her still talking. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you play? Uh, I play play electric guitar. Um, In terms of what sort of brought me to the guitar for the first time, um, see, I can remember being really really young five six years old and um and seeing back to the future for the first time and there's that there's that great scene where you know where uh, we found the muse the sound you're looking for <laughs> right right that, that, is, that entire sequence is just so you know uh, what he's playing at the high school dance it's so mm-hmm. beautifully shot and it mm-hmm. again it emphasizes sort of the 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 drama that rock and roll can create and uh, just something about that looked so cool and striking and it's this big mm-hmm. classic looking red guitar um and that just sort of stuck in my mind and it was it was a, a lot of years after that that I actually started playing but that was the first time that I can remember sort of really being drawn to the idea of playing music and and yeah. guitar in particular so you know besides just loving music so much growing up and wanting to make it that's at least a moment I can pinpoint as mm-hmm. Wow, Lena! Look how look how amazing a, a guitar can be. Hell yeah! Were there any bands growing up specifically that when you listened to you almost like daydreamed about being in that band or playing that kind of music? I still do that. <laughs> I mean, I do too. <laughs> what was what was the uh, the 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 catalyst? Like, what was the band that kind of like it's like, ooh, I bet you being a rock star would be badass. Ah. <laughs> <gasps> uh. Hmm. I mean, I can honestly say that. Don't be afraid to say "in sync." I won't judge you. I will <laughs> high five you through this laptop. It was the Beatles for me. Um, just sort of seeing what what four musicians could do, uh, and sort of how how the studio could sort of be a paintbrush. And the more I sort of learn about how how you sort of make those sounds possible, um, mm-hmm. they were just so so massively uh inspirational and just captivating for me um mm-hmm. you know because 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 it's, it's music with so much uh, texture and so much depth it's like a world you can enter listening to it and you can you can spend all day studying about it and sort of reading about how they captured this effect or how they managed to pull this off um so so the beatles is such a such a huge sandbox to play in once you're sort of listening to it and really uh reading and learning about it so mm-hmm. uh that was I mean, if I were to point to a a band or an artist, it would be the Beatles. Mm. I mean, I, I can't say that I listened to Rilo Kylie growing up, you know, mm-hmm. not when I was like 10 or something. Um, but I think that Rilo Kylie kind of showed me that women can be in music and have a prominent role in music. Um, and, you know, I, I think that a lot of their songs are really incredible and beautiful uh and there you know there's not necessarily organ presence all over mm-hmm. all over their stuff but 
um, yeah, sort of in terms of choosing an or choosing the organ or or piano or keyboard, uh, you know, it was something that I had access to basically. Yeah. Um, and and kind of went from there, pretty much. I didn't really want to play bass, which is you know, sometimes a standard instrument, and so is keyboard. I can't say that bass is more than keyboard. But, um, yeah, I think it, I had some access to pianos, um, and I played pianos. I had, like, lots of toy pianos mm-hmm. um, and, like, little toy electric Casios and things that I that I used in childhood that I really loved. Um, and so I think... That was sort of a natural instrument for me to choose, but I am okay. learning a few different ones at the moment, too. So. Like the kazoo? I hope that's your the answer. The kazoo. I had kazoos, too. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we'll ever use kazoos in perennial, but that Dang. would be fun A to kazoo play. breakdown would blow yeah. everyone's mind. Nobody <laughs> would true. see it coming. We were talking no about surprises. Would. Maybe like it, though, so that <laughs> might, be too, <laughs> might be too much. <laughs> Uh, I think I think you could get away with it as long as it was like a short little excerpt yeah. and then it went into like a real breakdown because at first it'd be like, is that a kazoo? And then as soon as they realize it is, then you go right back into yeah. like some Just, heavy and they're like, yeah. no fucking way. That was hilarious. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just a three minute kazoo solo. Probably <laughs> that not is a excessive. great idea. That's, for that, I feel like very few people would know that it's three minutes long because I don't think they would make it three minutes. No, no, no <laughs> certainly not. I mean, our goal is usually not to completely alienate folks. So. <laughs> we um, only want a very small, specific fan base that understands us to the core. We want three fans only. Uh, that's funny. Uh, I was going to ask uh, if like, piano was an instrument that your parents were like, hey, you're, you have a lot of energy do something with it or if it was like mom i want to play piano and then they're like okay yeah i actually grew up hearing my friends horror stories about piano lessons and i always thought (laughs) that it was very scary and Mm -hmm. i actually didn't take any piano lessons until i was in my 20s where i opted in Mm -hmm. and at that point i was kind of like hey mom why didn't you ever send me to piano (laughs) lessons and she's like you didn't want to and i was like all right Fair. All right. Touche, um, mother. So I do I do kind of wish that I did it growing up, but it's probably good that I didn't because yeah. I actually like it. Um, and, yeah, I didn't have access. There was a sort of piano in my life when I was, like, 17, mm-hmm. besides the toy Casio right. pianos. Um, yeah, so I did nice. not take many years of formal lessons. That's kind of how I I get upset at myself too sometimes. I'm like, not not even at myself. I get mad at my parents sometimes for no reason because I'm like, some parents push their kids into like instruments like learning piano or whatever. And I was like, I wish my parents would have done that to me. But at the same time, my my personality has always been if you're gonna force me to do something, guess what I'm not gonna do that <laughs> thing you're forcing me to do. Exactly. So I'm like, yeah. eh, maybe it's <laughs> best that I didn't. I may have hated music then if they were like, yeah. you have to learn chopsticks and practice it for three weeks. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> pianos are dumb. But now I like pianos. So now with your sophomore album now available, how do you feel the band has evolved since your first record, Early Sounds? Mm. Oh. I should probably say the, the whole Early Sounds uh, 
or oh no well hold on early sounds for night owls that's the, yeah. the whole name you got it yeah we I have it written down. You. I don't have that great of a memory. Okay, I have notes. <laughs> <laughs> I won't take okay. credit where it's not due. <laughs> you found your your note that said it. Yes. Um, wow, yeah. I don't even think about that as our first, even though it truly is. Um, I always think of symmetry as our first because it's the first full length. But mm-hmm. Early Sounds was uh, really fun and experimental, and we were sort of, you know, trying things out and and sort of figuring out our sound mm-hmm. um and yeah we wanted to you know be recording music pretty quickly on when we started playing live um and yeah so that was sort of just our first our first round as a band writing together i guess mm-hmm. um and in the midnight hour uh is is uh you know the culmination of years of writing together uh-huh. uh, and, uh, you know, ha- and studio time and uh, tons and tons of like, you know, 200 or more shows. Um, so it's it's you know, it's a product of, uh, you know, that has uh, really evolved a lot uh-huh. from from our early days. Um, yeah, we've we've. Come to Midnight, I suppose, mm-hmm. with this album, um, which is great. I love the names of your previous records, by the way. The early sounds uh, for Night Owls, the symmetry of Autumn Leaves. Like, oh, they're so beautiful. I like, they're, they're very potent in the sense that for me, they almost like force my mind into painting the image, right? So like, whatever it may translate to, like the early sounds for uh, Night Owls, like, as soon as I read that, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And then like, <laughs> immediately my brain was like painting, you know, this image and like this, uh, this setting. And I'm like, ooh, that's, that's pretty cool that like this title just made my brain do that. That's beautiful. That's what we want. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I think we all, all three of us in Perennial really like albums that have, or, or, or that sort of, uh, sort of call up a a sort of world that you can that you can imagine or you know Mm -hmm. it's the kind of albums that when you put them on you're sort of um you're really interacting with them and they sort Mm -hmm. of create a space around you while you're listening to them um you know albums that sort of uh call to mind certain seasons of the year or or albums that you know you sort of always put on when you're feeling this way or that way Mm -hmm. um and so i think part of that sometimes is something as as uh as immediate as the title of an album mm-hmm. can sort of mm-hmm. begin that conversation between listener and record. So yeah, thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, glad that it, that it sort of, uh, had that sort of uh, mm-hmm. resonance for you. Uh, now I couldn't give any love to the name food for Hornets because Hornets suck. Um, and, <laughs> uh, I hope their food is poison because they are the assholes of all the bugs don't like hornets um also some of it made it to the new record which perfect segue because i'm a part-time professional midnight hour right i want to talk about how hype the title track gets me did this song when it was originally being put together did it come out swinging or did it evolve into what it is now through the recording process Ooh, a great question i would say it's one of the songs that it, it was a song we had been playing live yeah uh already by the time 
we were recording it, but honestly, the writing process for that one was really fast. I think coming up with melodies and lyrics was really fast. Mm-hmm. And in the studio, I'd say it was one of the more immediate ones where we knew mm-hmm. just what we wanted for it and mm-hmm. uh, and sort of uh, got that particular song um, mm-hmm. into its final form pretty quickly, if I recall yeah. correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was just from playing it a lot. We were really yeah. comfortable with it. And so we knew and we knew how we like to perform it. And um, folks that have seen us play over the years have, um, you know, told us that this record captures our live sound very well, Ooh, which is a, really sweet to hear and yes. um, exactly what we hope for. So, um, yeah, that's a good that's a good uh that's like, ooh, I don't know what the word is for him, but when you're like promoting a new record or like a movie and they put like the little uh, excerpts like, oh, Rolling Stone says this, that's one of the comments that gets put on like, this perfectly encapsulates the live performance. I'm like, <laughs> all right, bet. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's good. Now I wish I lived closer because I, this, it's, this song is so hype. It just makes me want to oh. fucking, mm. We'll play, <laughs> we'll you. play in Chicago. Is that where you're based, right? Chicago is pretty close. That's the yeah. biggest city next to me. Right. I'm in like a, I'm trying to think. You ever heard of uh, Notre Dame, the football college? Yes. The football, <laughs> football college. college. Oh, my God. <laughs> it might as well be that. It might as well be that. So I live there. I live in South Bend, Indiana. Okay. It's oh, okay. a college okay. town. Oh, also, I did have a question. Uh, can you, Did you guys ever figure out how to breathe in the midnight hour? <laughs> Uh, it's hard. It's hard to breathe in in that song. Yes. <laughs> oh, I believe that for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, when we play live, we play it a little differently. Um, yeah. And and sort of trade off vocal parts a little bit right. more. Uh, in order to actually be able to breathe. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> breathing it's, is very important. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. just a desperate cry <laughs> during our set. No, that's not true. But I always get really sassy when like, <laughs> so it's poor form. I know this, but like when people complain like, oh, it's hard to breathe. Like, yeah, dude, try having asthma. That shit's all the time for me. And it sucks because nobody, <laughs> this is this is the hill I'm going to okay. die on. Nobody ever <laughs> promotes or like, conveys having to use an inhaler in a cool way it's always the nerds and the losers that they make have the inhaler and it's not true some cool people have inhalers too listener okay inhalers are cool uh, i like the stance that's like um uh what's that uh malcolm in the middle the kid with the breathing problems i have two and he's always hitting it as an inhaler i'm like man it's not always like that <laughs> it's, it's only sometimes <laughs> Uh, I've got no uh, what do they call it? representation? No cool representation mm, of the asthmatics. Yeah. <sighs> that is really lacking <laughs> in yeah. the media. I want to write Hollywood a strongly worded letter. <laughs> um, so I'm probably gonna pronounce this wrong. My question is: Is hey, you're a Desi? Your response to Delilah or Jude? <laughs> um. I appreciate. Okay, yeah. I'm glad somebody laughed because if not, I was gonna put in laughter from the Friends soundtrack. Oh, it, you should do that. It's too. funny. The, the other day, <laughs> she's like, "Do that anyway." <laughs> the other, I will. I will now. <laughs> the other day, I, I was sort of I was looking at the back cover and thinking of "Hey Eurydice," 
And I also, it occurred to me, Hey Jealousy by... Gin, gin blossoms, blossoms. Yeah. fuck yeah, dude! Nice. And that, okay. that is not that's not an intended like play on words or reference or anything like huh. that. But it's it's pretty close. Hey, jealousy mm. and hey, Eurydice. Yeah. The one the one thing I did find interesting, not one thing. I say the one thing I find interesting because it's like everything else is boring. You hate but that's not what I mean. Got it. Okay. One th- uh, one thing that I found interesting. No, that sounds bad too. Mm, doesn't matter. Uh, so first Medusa, now Eurydice. Are we into Greek mythology? Like, also, who was the dude on the cover of uh, uh, Early Sounds? Mm. Who was that guy? <laughs> really doing or, some homework. That statue. Who is that? I don't remember. You I, probably do know. I'd have to go back and look. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely an, an ancient Greek uh, sculpture. Um, I couldn't tell if it was Greek or Roman. I was definitely guessing whether yeah. it was going to be the right. Right. So, so in this, in in, in that case, I, I know that it was uh, ancient Greek, but I'd have to go back and look. Um, in terms of in terms of sort of that that motif that of sort of uh, name checking uh, Greek mythology, um, it is something that I think we both remember. You know, growing up in, in fifth or sixth grade, or whenever you start to sort of learn about. You know the Iliad and the Odyssey and and uh, that sort of stuff. I, I remember that that being very um, interesting and it's it sort of standing standing out to me. I, I think we've we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. How yeah, it has a certain poetry and resonance. And you know, another part of it is just there's there's artists that we really like that I think also do a lot with with uh, say like you know uh, Greek poetry or or sort of myths mm-hmm. or, or sort of mm-hmm. classical literature like. Nick Cave, I think, is somebody, for instance, that that will make a lot of references to to Greek and Roman stuff. So sometimes it's just us sort of nodding towards an influence. And Mm. uh, other times I just think it's it's fun to have these little connections from album to album. Mm -hmm. I always really responded to it growing up when bands would do that or when I would think, oh, wow, I wonder if if on this new album, this lyric, you know, it sort of seems like it's like it's uh uh, a callback to something from a previous record, right. and you know, you mm-hmm. just sort of—it's—it's it's just a, you know, I, I in in sort of any corner of art, I really like stuff that that jumps out and makes you sort of spend an extra second thinking mm-hmm. about it, or or mm-hmm. decoding it, or you know, wondering if it's if it's sort of uh, you know uh, tied back to something previous, right. I like I'm really into that ever since well not ever since but like now uh recently there's like the whole uh uh cinematic universes right everyone's like oh the Marvel universe or oh the the supernatural universe and things like I like when they're like oh this was shot here and if you notice this is the same house from this TV show mm-hmm. and it's like oh are they in the same universe I like those little like things that add another layer to the story or whatever it may be Yeah um, absolutely Yeah you were talking about bands that uh, have uh, Greek references. I'm pretty well. Maybe this might not be Greek. I'm not educated, but <laughs> uh, I think Jim Morrison used to get referred to as like the, a reincarnated spirit of uh, Dionysus, the a god of drinking yeah. and drinking <laughs> uh, something else. It wasn't just that, but that was a big part of Dionysus' story. Apparently, um, one question I do have about the Medusa track from that's a uh, Hornets food mm-hmm. for Hornets. Yes. Um, can you do the Medusa? 
I one I don't know this is for sure, but immediately I thought of, oh, are you asking if I can get stoned? Because if that's the case, I absolutely can. <laughs> Not legally, but you know. Uh, yeah, that is that is a, that is we, an unintended play on words yeah. uh, that never oh, occurred to yeah. us. I know. Yeah, this is the first time someone has noticed that and pointed it out to us. You're about it's, to get a whole well. entire new fan base. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's oh, it's news to, to us. In fact, I've never I've never thought about the sort of play on words that that could be. Um, for that lyric, I sort of liked the idea of. Sort of, you know, you had, speaking of the Monster Mash, you had all these sort of 60s novelty pop or, or rock and roll songs that would sort of invent a dance that was supposed to go with the song. Right, so the twist like is crank a famous. crank that soldier boy. Yeah. The classic <laughs> dance, crank that soldier boy. Yeah. That's the one. We right. Were. So. <laughs> um, soldier boy did it first. We all know. He did everything first. Yep. Right. So so any, any song that sort of uh, has a a dance that, that it has invented to go along with the song. And then we thought, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be interesting to, to sort of try to make a song like that, that, that has a groove to it. That is, that is lends itself to dancing and then mm-hmm. make up a dance that is sort of, not only do we not tell you how to do the dance, but it's almost impossible <laughs> to think what that dance would be. And so we were, we were thinking, I, I, I mean, I think, the, I think we were sort of, it was around Halloween when we wrote it, so we were like, mm-hmm. "What can this be? You know, do the werewolf, do yeah. the do yeah. the mummy." And yeah. then I think we came up with, "Can you do the Medusa?" And there's an internal rhyme in the title of "Do mm-hmm. the," and then Medusa, and they're like, "That's it." That yeah. So yeah. It, it it really is just uh. It's classic, like the electric it just, slide. It's just us being nerds <laughs> yeah. and and uh, and really getting a kick out of that idea of yeah. Of, of a dance song that invents a dance that we don't tell you how to dance, nor could you easily picture what the dance would even be. <laughs> That's fun. I think now that now that there's no dance, I think right now the race, the canon is now that when if you can do the Medusa, it's you're getting stoned. That's what it is. And watch this become a thing where now when you go to live shows and you play that song people just like throw joints at you on stage like we got you you're welcome if that happens by the way because i would like to say that this is going to be my doing all right perennial endorses none of this but (laughs) it will uh that would be very um would be pretty surprising our uh our live shows are significantly more active than than you might be suggesting here but um (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, can't smoke this J and two step at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Although, w- where I thought you were, you were maybe going with that—the idea that the challenge was now for somebody to invent a dance to go with the song. Yeah. That I like the we idea. We welcome of. that yeah. definitely. I mean, if it's something like uh, "Time Warp" from Rocky Horror, Dude, I would get out of my head. That's exactly that. what. I, since we've been talking about songs with dances, let's do yeah. the time. Yeah. That has been playing in my Me head too, this whole totally. time. Yeah, it's another great connected. Yeah, yeah. We should uh, use the footage from that to make a video for that song that we don't play. <laughs> that song's a record. lot. That song's a lot slower than Time Warp. <laughs> I, I think true. you would find that it would look it real work. weird. Yeah. <laughs> we just gotta hit up. Uh, what is it? Uh, I almost said Steph Curry. That's Tim the wrong Curry. guy. Tim Curry. <laughs> we got to hit up Tim Curry and be like, bro, help us out. Yeah. How do we dance to yeah. this? 
I will. I'll ask him. Would you Would you accept anything that Tim Curry gave yeah. you? Like is whatever he says sure. is the official dance. Why not? All right, Tim Curry. <laughs> those are big shoes. <laughs> I know you're listening because you're the biggest fan of Toon Junkies, Tim Curry. <laughs> You're, We're close. We write it. One every day. fan, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one, our one listener is Tim Curry. I, <laughs> uh, you know what? I would be so content with that if it was just one fucking dude, and I found it. It was Tim Curry. That would. It'd be, be funny though because it would change the entire dynamic. Instead of me saying listener anytime, I'd just be like, "Listen to that, Tim. Isn't that funny?" It'd just be me talking to that'd be oh i want that to happen now this podcast is just for Tim Curry. i'm about to cancel my entire listenership and just specifically just i'm gonna send it to his twitter or his insta just like this is the episode i put out for you every day and then help him develop a uh, dance for us yeah <laughs> we need your help tim curry <laughs> um so one of the, one of the things that uh, in the honor of full transparency I don't listen to a whole lot of punk music. I know I said it. It's fine, okay? But one thing I'm always super curious about, because I don't think it's a thing in many other genres, is it's the short song, like the two-minute thing. Why is that a thing in punk music? And, like, this is going to be a two-part question. It's not two parts. It's two different questions. But I'm going to say them both at the same time. Great. <laughs> Why is there an allure to the two-minute song? And then also, does that make it scary to play shows because then you have to play more songs? Hmm. No. Well, <laughs> right, yeah. Well, for the second part, uh, it it doesn't because we still just, we'll still just play like seven or eight songs. So it just ends up being okay. the case that our, our live sets are usually 20 minutes at the most. Um, okay. mm-hmm. which I happen to think is, is a pretty ideal amount of time for loud music in the small room. Um, yeah, I, it's good cardio, a 20 minute workout. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, so I think that's <laughs> the other part of it too, with, with, with why such short songs for punk music is that it's often fast and, and sort of maybe physically yeah. taxing to play. Yeah. Um, okay. I think it's, it makes sense. You know, if, if you're playing something really fast and really heavy, it, it gets harder and harder the, the longer any song goes without a break. Um, mm-hmm. That that would be my guess, and mm-hmm. I think um, I also think maybe historically punk was sort of a response to mid seventies classic rock, which was often all about self indulgence and sprawl. And you know, you had these ten minute Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. songs, or you know, a, a Pink Floyd song that was the entire side of a record, or something like that. So. That's that song is called Echoes, and I think it's like thirty minutes long. That shit is wild. So I can I can see I can see why if you're sort of responding to uh, that that aesthetic, why it would be Mm -hmm. uh, attractive to write a a one minute song instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually a friend of mine. So I collect records. You can't see them, but there's a big shelf right here. Um, My friend is also a collector, but he's into like more like actual like hardcore music and so he fought he used to run this label and he has like these connections to these bands that aren't well known but they're they have a good fan base and there's one that he told me about i think it's called two minute minor maybe that's the name of the album but it is uh one it's a like a two inch vinyl Mm -hmm. disc and it's got one song on it and it's like a minute long (laughs) i'm like 
why i was like i can't even fucking listen to this bro like my 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 record player doesn't he was like no it's it's more of a novelty it's only you have to have like a special record player to like have a setting that would run something that small and i'm like Hmm. i appreciate the gift but like what (laughs) what a one minute song what is that how do you do that wild (laughs) yeah i mean i think uh you know it's it's fun to have short songs too. It kind of keeps us on mm-hmm. our toes. It keeps everyone awake and engaged, and um, you know you don't have to wait too long to see what the hook is and what what's happening. And uh, we can be really active and uh, manage to be out of breath and also breathe between <laughs> songs. Right. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's uh, uh <laughs> that makes me think of there's a show um from like the early 2000s with Bo Burnham called uh uh Zach Stone is going to be famous and he had this there's a skit in there where he does like um the next big thing in music is really really short songs because when you go to iTunes this was this is aging the show when you go to itunes and preview the song they only show you that 30 second clip and that's how you decide whether you like the song or not and he was like so that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna write 30 second songs and i'm only gonna sell them as ringtones (laughs) and i was like that is silly but not too far from what ended up happening tiktok uses 15 seconds to 30 seconds of a song and that's it's the hook and i was like well (laughs) right one of the last things I got to ask you at the risk of being disappointed, no pressure, but did perennial really go to a haunted house? Mm. I've been to some haunted houses. Definitely. As a band, we did not go to a haunted house together. Damn it. That we, I was hoping at least for a not crazy like a, story. not like one, um, that was advertised as a haunted house. I suppose. <laughs> well, that's that that's what I was about terrifying. to say. Yeah. That's what I was about that's to say. That's terrifying. Yeah. Is we didn't pay admission to a haunted house, but we did get scared in a house. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You never know. You never know when you're in a haunted house. That's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, sometimes we find ourselves in haunted places by accident, right? <laughs> that sounds like a curse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, everywhere I go just ghosts come up right (laughs) maybe you're maybe you're the kid from the sixth sense yeah Eh, no but (laughs) (laughs) no i was like do i I want probably not (laughs) i'm all right i don't want to see that many dead people well see that's that's interesting actually because i think that speaks to to what i was thinking about in response to that question which is in that movie you know the kid has this extra perception where he's able to see ghosts and he sees them everywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the point being that every house is haunted mm. all right um that is that's a fair point because i would i'm i'm no uh uh, uh graduated scholar but i would go as far as say that there's probably more dead people than there are alive people right do we know. think there that are, makes, there are that more stands dead to people? Reason. Yeah, I suppose. Right? If you do some math, I bet that adds up. I'm going to get an angry email saying, like, quit spreading these lies. <laughs> that is not true. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I went to community, community college, bro. I'm just shooting from the hip at all times. <laughs> I do not know. 
So perennial in a haunted house is not about you guys going to in a haunted house. It, I mean, it is, and it I think isn't. I think it okay. is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. I I wanted I wanted a like oh yeah we went to the some hell house and Indiana had a hell house and then they tore it down but you know everybody I think do you guys have a uh, like a haunted house in your city or like close by like a state one like oh the haunted rectory or whatever yeah there's some some haunted places for sure in Connecticut um yeah New England and New England in Massachusetts definitely has lot. its definitely has its share of haunted places yeah yeah there were that would um, make sense in Massachusetts there the, were like five the towns. witches oh sorry we're talking over each other sorry <laughs> oh no it's okay it's all good um yeah in Massachusetts in like the 19 40s I think even earlier or earlier there were like four or five towns that got flooded um on purpose to uh to provide water to the eastern half of the state um so there's like a big reservoir in the western half of the state but Boston is like located in the eastern half of the state and they needed water and so, for whatever reason, we flooded like four or five towns, uh, and so there's ghosts in the water, I suppose, in Boston. <laughs> is ultimately the well, story. Everyone, I, I'm fairly certain they no, made they, sure everyone left they, before yeah. they flooded. And they did. Towns. They also like moved the cemeteries and things, but it's still there's see? still like remnants that you can kind of see i guess mm-hmm. right there is there is yeah. something there is something haunting about it that it is thought. haunting it's um, so haunting i wish you wouldn't have interjected because i was totally running with the idea that the the powers at b were just like you know what fuck this side of the state we're flooding it we need water <laughs> that was like oh my god watch me find out that the, the flood in the bible was actually about boston <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah it's definitely what it is. But yeah, and then there's like some some like you pay twenty dollars and walk through a weird haunted house situations right. in, in the area. <laughs> and um, if you look in this closet, this is where the maid hung herself. Ooh. Yeah, yeah exactly. But that's just a small closet, bro. Like it's not even spooky. <laughs> like Um, yeah, but there I mean history yeah, I mean, there's a lot of scary stuff that's happened in, in uh our country so yes spooky things have happened everywhere you know what i do think is cool though uh you guys said connecticut and you know who's from connecticut mr john mayer that's right i'm (laughs) super gay i'm (laughs) i'm super gay for that man so anytime i can bring him up i try and do it john if you're listening it's tim curry come on the show the fans they yeah, can work I, together to come up with the dance. I'm ready for it. <laughs> oh my! A Tim Curry John Mayer collaboration for a perennial dance. <laughs> Honestly, the world is not ready for that. I'm I'm not ready, ready for, for it. it. <laughs> you know what? And your opinion is the only one that matters. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's your creation. You guys get to say, and then we will just we the consumers will just judge you harshly yeah. when it comes out. Yeah, I wonder what the feedback would be on that. That would be. Uh, Those are two very different groups yeah. of people. <laughs> two very different fan groups, right? Yeah, I'm I sure don't there's think some the Venn diagram really <laughs> crosses over much. But. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. We have reached pretty close to an hour. Okay. And I have run out of questions for the new midnight release. Um, so, do we want to play a game? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we're ready. Brown, brown, brown. Um, before I, we do that, um, is there anything specifically that you wanted to plug about the album um, that I didn't ask a question for? I always want to give people, like, for me, high anxiety, I'm constantly, like, trying to prep dialogue so that I can be my best self. Um, and if you had, like, oh, I hope he asks about this because I have a super funny quip or a super detailed description of why this song is so important to me. Do you guys have anything like that? If so, let me know. I'll make up a question and I'll cut all that part out and it'll sound like we're professionals. <laughs> no, no, this was great. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. I would say just, you know, perennialtheband.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Yeah, we're putting it out ourselves. So we appreciate the the uh, shares and attention and listens and all that good stuff. Tell your friends, your friends' friends, and then your friends' friends' mom. Yeah. <laughs> and then no one else. And bother Tim Curry about that dance. Um, all right. So was there a specific game you wanted to play, or do you want to leave it up to the wheel of chance? Bum, bum, bum. You can choose. Either answer is fine. I don't really. Um, I vote the syllable game. Okay. Syllable sound off? <laughs> all right. Now, do you want to play as a team, or do you want to play as individuals? I think we should do a team. Okay. <laughs> we don't really so want to get against each other. If you're doing a team, then you're getting three. All right. You're getting That's the fair. three syllable. Yeah, that fair. way yeah. you got two brains on it. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> listener, I'm bringing back the games. Okay? Remember several years ago when we were trying to do it, but we would always forget to play those games? Yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to try and remember again. It's a new year. It's a new me, baby. <laughs> Just kidding. It's same old me. I'm just 30 now. Um, <laughs> that is the exact reply that you should do to give anyone when they're like, I'm 30 now. You go, woo, woo. <laughs> just a little, just a little shout out. Yeah. Not, not over amped. It's just the amount of said, woo. Good for you, bud. Keep going. You did it. <laughs> You've made it three whole decades. Great. All right, so the game we're going to play, listener, I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if we ever even recorded this game, but I did play it at a festival one time with some of our fans, and it's called Syllable Sound Off. The premise of the game is uh, they're going to pick a number between one and three, um, and that number correlates with a random word that I will pick that has that many syllables, and then with that random word, they have to name a band for every letter in that word and not just any band so like if the word is water you got a, a band that starts with w a band that starts with a a band that starts with t so on and so forth all right so just for sake of purposes uh pick a number between one and three we'll go with three how perfect good all right three syllable word destruction <laughs> D makes me think of Destroyer first. Ooh, nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, for E, we'll go with Embrace. Right. Ian Mackay's nice. 80s yeah. band. Yeah, all right. S is Super Chunk. 
It's like my favorite band. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was easy. T, you go with T-Rex. All right. Nice. T-R-R-Refused. Right. Um, mm, what was one of the... Hmm? What'd you say? Oh, R for Refused. I saw review, uh, Refused in a small club in Columbus, Ohio one time because their original uh, set got shut down because of a wind at a festival. And then I went to that show and I met Dave Grohl in the venue. Holy and shit. it was wow. wild. Wow. Yeah. You really buried the lead on that when we talked about Foo Fighters earlier. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I have told this story so many times on the show and it's to the point now where people are like, if Foo Fighters comes up, like, uh, Chris uh, is going to bring up that time he met Dave Grohl. <laughs> that's cool. And I did. Yeah, that's I great. Did. All right. Where oh, crap. We? What letter were we What you? is the word? R. I forget the word. Dest- Destruction. <laughs> Destruction. I think the last one was R. So we're at U. U. Uh, okay. Unwound. Wow. Nice. And then another T, right? C. I- no, C. Oh, sorry. I can't, I can't visualize things very well. I need, like, no, you're good. a word written out. Uh, so C, um, I guess I'll go with cursive. Nice. I guess we could have played this against each other. I thought it was going to be way harder. <laughs> <laughs> it would be harder if I gave you a time limit. Oh, okay. that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of stuck on T. Uh, temptations. Oh, yeah. Nice. Now we have to do an I. I. Yep. I O N. Um, I don't know. You need to figure this one out. What band starts with I? International Noise Conspiracy. Oh, great. Boom. If this were a game of uh, saying, like, I have to detect whether or not that band is real or not, that's a that's a band name that I would have been like, that's bullshit. That's not real. <laughs> that's not a real band. <laughs> yeah, I love that oh, band. Yeah, you but I love that name. They're awesome. Uh, it's the singer of Refused, actually. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. We're making connections. So we're at O. O. Yep. Uh, Owen. There I you guess. go. Owen. Yeah. That word. Owen. Oh, uh, it's the band that Will likes a lot. The National. The National. There we go. Yeah. Nice. That Perfect. Now I want to play because I like, I like flexing this uh, little brain muscle too. I want a three. All right. Um, hmm. You think naming bands is hard? Try this is a hard. This part. is a hard three part. syllables. Wow. Now I got to think of a word with three syllables. Three syllables. Chandelier. Fuck! Bro, I was just getting ready to say, make it sure it's a word I can spell. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I we'll actually I'm gonna need to look it up myself. Okay. No, I <laughs> I'm we'll looking it up it right now. I'm like, I do not know how to spell chandelier. Listener, if you know how to spell chandelier, shut up. Colin. <laughs> Colin. <laughs> Oh my gosh, look at that. We landed on another CH word. Ah. Weird. Oh, it's a we living in the matrix. <laughs> Too many synchronicities. So I believe uh C H A N D E L I E R. Okay. Chandelier. <sighs> Here we go. C, let's go with crossfade. H, let's go with Harry Styles. A, we're going with a Treyu. N, we're going with Never Shout Never. Uh, D, we're going with, oh, Demon Hunter. Uh, E, we're going to go with Era, E-R-R-A. Uh, L, we're going to go with um, Leon Bridges. 
I, I'm gonna go with, mm, oh no, Incubus. Oh my gosh, I couldn't. Uh, e, I'm gonna, wait, that's, yeah, L-I-E, I'm gonna go with, oh no. Uh, I almost said a local band and that's not gonna count. E, let's go with, oh my goodness. Is this right? I'm gonna say Evans Blue. And then R, right? Yes. A cheap answer would be Red Hot Chili Peppers, but we're not going to say that one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Regina Spector. There you go. Awesome. All right. Boom. You well are done. much better yeah. at this game than we are. It's true. <laughs> I, I invented the you game, invented so naturally. It. I, yeah, yeah, that's fair. You should but be the winner. So. I, uh, I also like the... I like these games because part of the nerdy part is like oh it's a brain exercise like you have to like think on the spot and make connections like r oh run it's so crazy to me how like a lot of these games when you explain them you're like oh like yeah that would be easy to do but then in the moment you're like okay a band that starts with r r is one of the most used letters in the english language like <laughs> and you're like r R. It's, I've never it's heard of weird that, that your brain does What that. is R? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what is R? Also, Radiohead, Rolling Stones. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See? So many. Yeah. Oh. In, in, uh, in post, in hindsight, it's always like, dude, how did I not think of Red Hot Chili Peppers or F? How did I not think of Foo Fighters? Whatever it is. Right. Thankfully, I look at a refused uh, banner all day long. So yeah. I, I had that one quick cool I, I thought you were gonna be like luckily there's a refuse banner right in front of me i'm like disqualify that's cheating <laughs> we don't have any I band <laughs> art nearby so we're good you do have those yeah. cats behind you yeah. and i like those thank you yeah um all right so now the end of the show the very last things we do not burp into the mic even though i should have because it's funny um plugs where can the listener find and follow everything that is perennial? Okay, so um, we are at uh, we we're on Instagram. We are perennial the band, mm -hmm. so uh, you can find us there. And then um, you can visit our Bandcamp. That's uh, perennialtheband.bandcamp.com, and that's that's a good yeah. start. Those two. Mm -hmm. Also, oh, listener, you're not going to hear this in time, but. It's uh, February's first band camp Friday. Uh, yeah, is on this the Friday. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, but it's coming back for a few months this year. So that's good. I'm hoping that they just keep it a thing. They like, should. why wouldn't you just keep it a thing? One, one, one Friday out of the month, you can't yeah. let bands have some money. Exactly. I yeah, yeah, I would also. Um, no, I think it's. Uh, it's probably good for Bandcamp too. I have to imagine it. It, you know, brings people to Bandcamp. A lot of traffic. Yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. so, you know, it, it might be that you know on the on those Fridays all the revenue goes to bands, which is awesome. I mean, we mm -hmm. we uh, we certainly recommend if you're going to listen to Perennial that you do it through Bandcamp. I think they they certainly treat artists uh, mm -hmm. the best out of all these platforms. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we. We uh we certainly appreciate Bandcamp Friday as as artists that are trying to trying to sort of you know make it all work. 
Hell yeah. Shout out to Bandcamp. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, oh, I got to plug my stuff. Listener, you know the drill. You know where you can find us. We are available on all streaming platforms, um, anywhere podcasts are found. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Toon Junkies Podcast, Instagram, Toon Junkies Podcast. Um, if you would like to reach me personally, uh, you can leave me alone. But if you must be involved with my life, you can find me on Instagram at Chris and Kitty or on TikTok at DatBoyPit6. Now, um, the very last thing. Uh, what song would you like to close out with? Oh. You can pick. Let's see. Is this is this one of our songs? Preferably, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there are rules, and I will get muted if I play somebody else's music. Uh, let's go with In the Midnight Hour. In the Midnight Hour. Hell yeah. Um, listener, this is the end. Perennial, this is also the end. But it's not the end for both of us. This is merely a parting of ways, right? So please enjoy the midnight hour. Um, oh, you know what I should probably do? Do you guys have any shows coming up? Uh, yeah, we our... have our release show, mm-hmm. uh, and that is on February 18th. February 18th at Art Center East in Vernon, Connecticut. Hell yeah. In the CT, baby. At what time? I think 6.30 are doors. 6.30 or 7. How many bands do you have on the lineup? There's three other bands. We have Glambat, we have Cinema Stare, and we have... Doom Beach. Doom Beach. Yeah. Doom Beach sounds awesome. Also, you said Cinema Stare. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say Cinnamon Sticks, and I was like, that's a fucking sweet name for a band. (laughs) Making me hungry, though. change their name. <laughs> we love all three of those bands. So yeah. once you're once you're done listening to Perennial, uh, check out Glambat, Doom Beach, and Cinema Stare as well. Hell yeah! Um, so that is everything. It was great meeting you guys. I'm I'm glad that you guys were um, cool and you thought I was funny. That always makes things a lot easier when people laugh at my bad jokes. So thank you for participating. Absolutely, it's so fun. What thank we call you for the Team Junkies podcast. Yeah. Um. Uh, yes, so enjoy the midnight hour. This has been the Toon Junkies Podcast. My name is Chris, and I will see you on the next episode. Can I breathe in the midnight hour? Yeah, can I live in the midnight hour? Can I breathe in the midnight hour? Yeah, can I live in the midnight hour? Can I breathe in the midnight hour? Yeah, can I live in the midnight hour? Can I breathe in the midn